And as it's uh, said, we noticed perhaps in looked in the some of those Dhammapala Dhammapada teachings, this mind which is so difficult to discern, difficult to detect, and extremely subtle, seizing whatever it desires. Dhammapada three verse thirty six difficult to detect suddhudanam extremely subtle sunipunam well I don't know if you're you think your mind is particularly difficult to detect <laughs> seems to be often rather loud and <laughs> obstreperous at times but that's not your chitta <laughs> that's your chitta sankara <laughs> So jitta normally manifests with all kinds of wrappings around it. <laughs> it's not the naked or the pure jitta, it's the jitta wrapped up. And what's it wrapped up in, it's wrapped up in and it seeks to wrap up in these, what are called the khandas. Uh, these are the formulations uh, that jitta, form, rather like a spider weaving or a silkworm weaving a cocoon around itself. So that's not a bad image. Yeah. Then you have this very cocooned form that you're used to, and so that's not difficult to detect. It's very easy to detect, but you don't see the worm inside it, you know, the jitter inside it, because it's all wrapped up. This wrapped up state is the norm for people, you know, and there's a particular functional need for that. Um, so what are the kandas, aggregates, form, the experience of form, yeah. um, rupa, means that form is concocted, so we sense various uh, senses of pressures and heat and so forth, and the chitta sticks those together, this is my body. So there are these energies, energetic materiality is pulsing away, pulsing away the way it does, and without any thought, jitta recognises that that's the body. And it's very different if you feel sick, it feels a very different body, and if you're healthy, um, if you're tired, it's a different body, if you're angry, it's a different body, if you're sad, it's a different body, you detect the form. It's very, very plastic, actually. Now, it looks more or less the same, but you can feel really tight and blocked up in your head. You've got no feet. You say, yes, you've got feet, they're down there, but you're not, the jitter isn't there. So the jitter apprehends certain aspects of materiality and concocts a body out of it. Um concocts. Now this concocting process is sankata. Uh, this is conditionality or concocting or fabricating, um, weaving, constructing. And around this sense of bodily form there is uh, can be uh, feeling sick with it, feeling exhausted by it, Various kinds of feelings are aroused through that. Feeling is another skanda, the quality of agreeable or disagreeable. 
and uh, of course some of it's not that strong it's just mildly agreeable mildly disagreeable so you don't yeah it's, it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay it's not a problem yeah it's not a problem because personally we've learned how to uh, get on and so you just ask yourself would you like more of this feeling or if this feeling passed would that make you feel better would you feel happier if that was passed you think yeah if that was gone that would be that would be all right you know, that's called disagreeable it means you can bear with it it's okay but really it comes down to it if it wasn't there there'd be no great loss <laughs> And if I contemplate it, I can say that most <laughs> most bodily feeling is of that nature. It's not I'm not agonized by it, but if it wasn't there, that would really be okay, you know. <laughs> Occasionally there are pleasant ones, but the pleasant ones pass. Feeling is concocted. Um, the, the chitta is touched. And uh, it, 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 one of the ways it touched it, feeling is aroused. This can be directly through bodily contact. There are two bases that contact jitta. One is body and the other is mano or manas, which is often translated as mind because of the nature of the English language. And uh, perhaps I'll just call it manas. <laughs> manas or mano. Mm depending where how it's being used. And what manas or mano brings with it are perceptions. Hey, I don't know, look at that guy. I feel a bit nervous. I feel unpleasant, unpleasant feeling. Wow, that's an attractive looking piece of food. Pleasant feeling. Lovely sunset, pleasant feeling. Um, here comes the rain, unpleasant feeling. Mm. Um, it interprets interprets that behavior was extremely offensive to me i didn't like that joke it was a bad joke uh, unpleasant feeling that gesture he made very dismissive unpleasant feeling uh, that was a lovely welcoming smile she gave me pleasant feeling and, and so on and so on and so on so these are in interpretations these interpretations which are are not conceived they're called perceptions signs things are marked um, and this marking process, signing sanya kanda, uh, is the manas interpretation of experience. So jitta really doesn't contact the senses directly, apart from this reflex reaction of the body. The rest of the senses, we say it's a beautiful sight. No, no, not really. It's a, it's a perception of beauty that the, that the manas touches the mind with. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and it is not necessarily inaccurate, but they are they're not necessarily completely crazy. You know, that gesture looked threatening, it was threatening. <laughs> uh, and, and so on but the, the way in which one sees something is immediately affected with unpleasant feeling that's that's the mechanism and there's a reason for that because if that animal is threatening I want to know about it before it gets close to me so I can run away right so 
Manas is pretty nimble, saying, you see that thing over there? That's dangerous. And you get the tremble. And then, but when it touches, there is a bodily reaction. That's, that's the nature of it. When perception lands, you get a bodily reaction. There's a slight trembling or shifting or arousal or a retraction or a compression or a deflation or a spacing out. You get a bodily somatic resonance. So this is this is the the great um, check point. If something makes contact, you'll get a bodily resonance to it, and that bodily resonance is always accurate in terms of yes, you do feel threatened. You know whether the thing is threatening or not. That's who knows, but naturally in the way these, this system is constructed, you know, <laughs> you want to get that signal pronto if that thing is threatening so you can get out of, get out of range. You can think about it later, but meanwhile, get out, right? It's that instinctive. Yeah. And so we're very much more easily and readily triggered by threat, fear, uh, phenomena than pleasure because... Threat and fear, you don't want to think twice, you want to get out. Pleasant, you could think about it, maybe that would be nice. Yeah, could do, could do, could do. Uh, yeah. uh, you've got a choice there with pleasure. With unpleasant things, out, get out of range. <laughs> right. So very easily, very readily triggered, and we should be. Uh, you know, if we're in this sentient condition. So this is where <laughs> it's it's an unfortunate fact that the the mind's ability to be irritated, negatively affected, is much more highly attuned than to be positive, positively affected. <laughs> All right, more, more instinctive. So, perception. So, when a little one is born, comes out into into birth, you know, it looks up and don't know what what's all this about. You know, it's screaming. It's well. Uh, you know, there's lights and stuff going on and people looking down, what's all this, you know. And then it sees the smile. Okay, good perception, safe, recognises this perception, smiling mouth, nice. Okay, I'm, I'm comfortable. Getting picked up and rocked around, yeah, it knows that because it's been inside a, a body, so it knows warmth, it knows what that, that's comfortable. It knows steady rhythmic movement because it's heard heartbeats, that's comfortable. Oh, it's soothed. So it, it, those perceptions are already preloaded in the uterine experience. Rhythmic, warmth, you know, safe. That's that's already there, you know, before you're born. So naturally, then those are the things you immediately you try to contact a baby with, because that's what it knows already. And then you start introducing new perceptions like smiling mouth. Comforting burbles, you know. So, oh, that that means good, you know. <laughs> Warm, soft, bubbly voice, harsh tone, bad. Uh, so it starts to build up the library of perceptions, and and sure, this is a process that's going on. We're in a university. Little baby, as it grows up, is studying all these perceptions, absorbing them, getting getting the full dictionary. What does that mean? When she said that, does it mean yes, no, maybe, you know, what's he trying to do? You know, as he gets... And still we get duped, you know, because, of course, 
we've still got that idea the smile means comfortable so you see some greasy politician with a smile and you think oh he's a good guy <laughs> just got, got a smile on his face you see somebody advertising some trash or another with a smile on their face it must be good for you <laughs> so he's still buying that smile <laughs> Get it, do some, you know, group check on that smile thing. Like there's a little more than a smile, but you see how instinctive it is. Did you ever see an advertisement with somebody frowning, looking miserable? No, unless they're showing you what you don't want, right? It's always the smile. So that that piece of that piece of the lexicon is established. Perception, and then what happens with perception? We get a little bit of arousal, right? You know, something touches and you get, oh yeah. Oh no, oh I got to, oh I can't. Well that means this. Oh no, I don't see why she do it. was a little jump. And this jump when perception lands, makes contact, there's the beginning of chetana, which is impulse, and attention. Something, ooh, what's that? Focus. And these three, contact is the immediate hit. Where something is aroused. This is the initiating sankara, and sankara is the third, third of these aggregates. So it's, it's that which has got movement in it, yeah. uh, 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 movement, and then uh, attention, focus, and intention. Go for it, or go away for it, or deflect it, or fiddle with it, or duck. You know. <laughs> So it can go in any particular direction. So chetana, intention or inclination, impulse, um, manasikara, attention, and contact, pasa. These are three forms or three weaves of what are called the sankara kanda aggregate. This is chitta sankara. That's the fourth aggregate. The fifth one, consciousness, vinyana. Now, vinyana, uh, the word jnana is a knowing, and vi, the suffix vi, means something like separative or uh, knowing. It's a dualistic kind of knowing. So here we probably good to translate vinyana as consciousness of. Consciousness of. It's not so much a medium as uh, an action. Consciousness of a sound. So auditory consciousness, consciousness of a sound, consciousness of a thought, consciousness of touch. So when Sankara activates, it propels consciousness you know, into the sound or into the sight or most commonly into the thought. What's that mean? Something touches, contact, impulse, then consciousness arises in the thought realm. And this is probably the default. Yeah. Unless you're in a, a, like walking a tightrope, then probably you know, you're, you're operating by thought rather than by physicality. If you're a musician, you might be operating through auditory consciousness, just tuning in not having a lot of thought at all. Most of us operate through through thought. So the thought consciousness arises. 
the manovijnana manovijnana arises and it can arise dependent what sankara also brings with it the volitional qualities bring with it certain ethical or um, broadly speaking ethical tonalities to them so greed or favoring or resistance or uh, you know various forms of, of emotional and tonalities to it so we might have a a thought consciousness which is rooted in aggression or rooted in defensiveness or rooted in anxiety or rooted in compassion or rooted in generosity that kind of thought arises a generous loving thought so then consciousness also can be measured in terms of its ethical basis and these are all triggered by the sankara can also go to various stations of consciousness which are levels of uh, refinement so you can have a very subtle consciousness uh, as associated with meditative uh, meditative absorptions so you know can be cultivated so that one's consciousness arises in a heavenly condition or a refined condition and so and this is all sankara but for uh yeah so this is what all this is the, the and the and the the five kanda represent all the ways in which jitta is wrapped some of it uh favorable some of it unfavorable um, some of it will has an elevating quality some of it a darkening quality and this is associated with the ethical or uh, what, what consciousness arises dependent upon the sankara right, sankara pachaya vinyana that's the dependent origination now this uh, conditioned state is in some ways contracted contracted chitta probably you're familiar with satipatthana you see the chitta is affected by greed by lust this is the contracted chitta this is the uncontracted chitta so you see all the a very brief sketch of the of the kind of wrappings that chitta can be carrying at any time and so our aims if you like are First of all, if we're going to be wrapped up, you know, which we will be, you know, then let's get some decent stuff on. <laughs> you know, if you're going to get it out on the street, let's get some good gear. Let's get some good clothes on. Yeah. Uh, at least make it comfortable, uh, happy, beautiful, something you feel good about. Uh, so get out of the really miserable stuff. And second aim you can do that you've learned how to twist how to adjust your sankharas so they're heading in the right direction you're being able to formulate things like patience and resilience and compassion and respect and self-respect and gratitude and yeah you have to generate these and therefore they're going to give you some decent gear to walk around in and of course the you know, of course 
the secondary aim is how to just strip off. <laughs> Perhaps I should change the metaphor, but how to release the the, the uh, chitta from all conditions. Of course, you think, well, why bother? If it's nice, why not stay with it? Because it requires effort and energy and all these wrappings, however good, have the nature to change and decline. They are, they are wrappings, they're not innate. So the only true restful state is the unconditioned where you don't have to wrap. The chitta is not, doesn't have to wrap things, keep things going, keep things tidy. It can just really rest in the unconditioned. It's asankata, asankata. Now, in the afflictive state, then this experience of conditionality, definitely the word contraction is appropriate. You do feel seized up. You can feel seized up You're in body, you're kind of tense, nervy, jumpy, agitated. Uh, sometimes you can't even feel your whole body. You know, you just feel a kind of gripping in your belly and pulsing in your head and nothing much else. You've got a very limited body. You can't even fully... Uh, experience form, the fluidity of form. Form has got locked into a, into a rigid pattern. So it's just associated with uh, various kinds of uh, uh, formations, pressure, urgency, um, defense, brutality, abuse, um, things that create a kind of highly contracted state. And at this level, then the contraction is somatic. Somatic condition. And of course, to uh, the same time, the psychological contraction, which means you get very narrow-minded, hard-headed, narrow-minded. Interesting how the words themselves make you realise that jitta takes a shape. The wrappings of jitta jitter itself has no particular shape but when the jitter is wrapped up it takes a form and you know what narrow-minded feels like you've experienced that and you know what broad-minded feels like you know what open-hearted feels like and you know what closed down feels like yeah. so you, you know, the language is absolutely correct jitter in its wrappings takes a form and so and then you recognize that that Jitta form will certainly have a somatic um, resonance to it. The body will have the same sort of pattern to it. Because at this level, the energy running in the body, energy running in the chitta, are running in the same track. And this is a good way to recognize it. Because, of course, the thinking mind can spin off and say, no, I'm not feeling contracted, I'm just being, I'm just being a little bit business-like. You say, well, yeah, but why your shoulders are up touching your ears? Do you notice that? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not uptight, I'm just feeling a little bit... <laughs> okay, it's not blaming, you know, just to recognise some things cause us to contract. And if we recognise that... As a possibility of saying, well, that doesn't have to be a self. That can be just a condition. Yeah. It arose because of perception generated that sankara, some perception of fear, 
of urgency, of got to, of compulsiveness, of can't do, of I'm not, I'm not good enough, people, you know, something compulsive, um, contraction of the jitta generated as compacted, contracted somatic shape. Now could we work on the somatic, loosen up, or work on the psychological? Uh, in my experience, there are certain, the most uh, deeply embedded stuff, you've got to do it somatically. It's, you can't, it's, it's so gripped in, it so, gets so embedded uh, that you, it's difficult to get round it by mind alone. Yeah, so you used to start to just work on embodiment and loosen open embodiment. And this, I think this is a great approach because uh, when we get to the psychology of it, it's pretty difficult not to have some kind of self-view going. I am a contracted person. I was a contracted person because this happened to me, and I da 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 da, and I always have been, and when I do this, I do that, and I get it again. And this self-view really keeps, um, you know, retaining the same shape. Because the sum total of all condition is I am. We're wrapped, jitter is wrapped, it's wrapped state, okay that's the norm, that's me. Whatever is familiar, recognisable, subjective, it's not him, that's me. So whatever's subjective, familiar, Right? That's me. I'm subjective and familiar. <laughs> Everything else is objective. So whatever becomes most familiar becomes me. So, well, I am a bit of an uptight person. That's the way I am. Or, no, I'm just being normal. You know, could you relax? I am relaxed. Uh-huh. You don't see me. I am relaxed. Well, you don't see me relaxed. I'm relaxed. Stop getting at me being aggressive to me, I'm a relaxed person. Okay, you're a relaxed person. <laughs> because that I am becomes so normalised, we don't realise it as a condition. So you don't even, you don't know that you could, what could be there for you if you came out of that. that you, there could be a coming out, an unwrapping of that state Oh, well, that's what you mean by relaxed. Oh, because you didn't know it. So, because you know, so often the, the psychology is to be normal and to be acceptable to others. So we learn that from our infancy. So we get into a shape and that, that seems to work, and. Um, you know, it works. It's so particularly strong influence for chitta is social contact, work, business, companionship, and that will certainly firm up your your conditioning. The chitta will find the kind of wrappings that are most suitable for other people accepting you, or being good at your job, and is almost no end to the amount of damage people will do to themselves 
in order to be acceptable to others or to, to be good at their job. You know, nothing does you so much damage as an ill-directed chitta. So this is not just, you know, blowing your brains out, but it's the daily abuse that occurs. Think it's your duty, it's your job, it's your responsibility, it's the way other people like you, and so on and so on. Everybody like it has to be this way, so you go into that. Uh, you know, and you get by with it. So this is a very powerful agent. No, it's not that we're saying we don't want to be agreeable to others, or but you recognise whatever you do, somebody will like it and somebody won't. <laughs> right? Isn't that the story? So why don't you just make it good for yourself, first of all, and then see who, who you want to get on with. If it's one other person, that's good. But <laughs> you can't expect that everybody's going to get, get in the same groove. So just get it how you want to be, and then see who you can who you can jive with, you know, who you can get on with. Do it that way round. Mm. Uh, so then we have definite uh, standards which should not require contraction, which is we can sustain an ethical norm. Yeah, I can do that. I can refrain from killing, stealing, lying, you know, drinking. Don't have to get uptight to do that. And I can probably squeeze out a little bit of loving kindness every now and then. <laughs> So, yeah, and the rest of it, just see what works, you know. And so this then, then you know, you're starting to uh, come to terms with some of the uh, sankharas, because this conditioning process uh, is generated. The sankhara is the active agent that keeps formulating. Mm. It formulates perceptions, so something is seen, and then the mind is activated, sankara activating. What does that mean? Oh, that is that, that, and then right, got it. It's etched in. So perceptions are conditioned, are sankara. Sankara formulates perceptions. You know, you see something you didn't know, and what's that? That, that, and then oh, that's a gadget. That's a microphone, that's a, whatever it is, you know. Oh, I got it. Now you know what it is. Sankara formulated the perception. When I'm in this country, they do it this way. After all, it feels a bit funny. Okay, that's the way we do it. That's got it, the perception. Yeah. So you, you can then, so you, you Sankara can formulate for these perceptions. And uh, it's a very nimble thing. Uh, so we train it to stop formulating perceptions based on fear, on um, aversion, on greed, on, uh, you know, on withdrawal of empathy. Because this stuff sticks. This stuff sticks. It gets somatically embedded till, in fact, you 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 almost have no choice in it. You don't like it. You don't like the way you are. But you have no way to change it because it's got embedded. But bear in mind, 
you, you can change it, but you're going to have to go deep and steady and work these things out through meditation and through various healing processes to come out of the contracted state. And certainly the triggers are these, you know, daily life are hurry up, get things done, business model, competition, supremacy, get on top, you'll be secure, safe, a winner. Yeah, it's about security, get hold of this, hold on to it hard, you'll be safe, you'll be okay. Yeah, so there's often competition, uh, pressure to go forward, uh, tenacious holding on to your territory, defending against others, and also... Um, the same car as you think or assume will make you accepted by others. And these cause various kinds of daily life damage to people. People get stressed out. And uh, as is unfortunate, as I've mentioned before, at a certain point sometimes people find it's just not worth living anymore. And uh, more people kill themselves Suicide is more common than homicide. Why is that? Because of Sankara. Yeah. And this word Sankara, I keep using it because you'll find translators, there's about five or six different ways of translating this one word. So you often get confused as to what the word is. And this translation, they're using the word volitional activity. Because that, that's true. It's often translated as formation, formation, mental formation, bodily formation. It could be translated as volitional activity, uh, fabrication, uh, condition. Um, there's lots of different translations for it. Here we say from the Nguta Nikaya Book of the Fours 171. Either on one's own, because one performs that bodily volitional activity, kaya sankara, conditioned by which pleasure and pain arise in one internally. You know, admittedly, the language is not easy. This means just, uh, you know, that from your own attitude, you, you generate these impulses that cause... Uh, disagreeable um, somatic impression such as you you just worry a lot you worry and that has got a disagreeable nobody enjoys worrying why do we do it it becomes internally conditioned so then there's something that manos does mano sankara and it touches into the kaya sankara or Others make one generate that bodily activity, that bodily volitional activity. That is somebody else, you know, inducts brutality into you. So this is very often the case with young, well, young men, you know, to be accepted into the gang, you start to brutalise because that's the way they will accept you. So you brutalise, so you develop a brutality volitional activity. Brutality somatic energy violence and aggression, you get a hard body, you get an instinct to fight, punch and so forth. Uh, this is a crude example, a simple example of a, others picking up the messages from others. This is what it takes to be a man. You fight, you despise, you reject, you knock down, you're tough and you generate based upon the volitions of others, the 
the impulses of others, you generate a particular kind of bodily activity, uh, somatic activity, somatic energy. Um, to fight, to claw, to, do, to accuse and so forth. There's brutality. Mm. And so the Buddha goes into some detail here, which I won't follow. You can look at it and consider it yourself. And Gudrikaya, Book of the Four, is 171. So the message is it's, it's either, you know, you kind of decide it yourself or you pick up the attitudes of others. And in social contact, this is a big one, isn't it? You know, we pick up the, the message of the herd so because they wish to be accepted. So, you know, everybody else is going frantic, I go frantic. Everybody else feels it's okay to do this, I do this, you know. You know, so we get various kinds of drugs, addictions, violence, uh, uh, pushiness, um, yeah, you name it. You know, sexual promiscuity and carelessness and drinking. So that's what gets you into the club, into the, into the gang, into the group. And yet, all that sticks. <laughs> all that sticks. Not just as an idea, it sticks in your body. It sticks in your body. Uh, to the point when some aspects of the body seem, aspects of the possibility of form become unavailable. It's impossible to feel an open, light, spacious form. Yeah. It's impossible to feel a light, open, spacious, gentle form. It's impossible to feel a clean, steady form, one feels tangled, you know, agitated, uh, can't sit still, can't sit still for five minutes because I'm so hyped up. Even though I like the idea, I want to do it, but my body just can't do it. Can't sit still for 10 minutes, just can't do it. You know, it gets entrained bodily. This is the contracted state. Around this contracted somatic state, contracted psychologies, defensive, uh, opinionated, dogmatic, um, antisocial uh, occur. <sighs> but <laughs> there is a way out. <laughs> because Sankara's are movable <laughs> but you've got to get behind them you've got to get to the roots of it and this is what meditation and training is about you can't start just doing it from a judgment of yourself or wish i was a nice guy no no you, you, yeah you've got to get to the roots of those and steady calm soothe and you know heal with them so the, the you need to release your body and release your psychologies. Now, this is, um, you know, the Buddha talked about good and evil, uh, punya and papa. Papa sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? Sort of Italian. <laughs> or, but it really, in the Pali language, it means like, it's translated as merit, punya. It's associated with the English word boon or bounty, you know. A kind of richness and a fullness, uh, and Papa is associated with um, uh, uh, depletion, uh, you know, closing down, 
uh, breaking up, destruction. And uh, apparently on his light of awakening, he realized these. Now you may think, why did it take him so long? Everyone knows what good and bad is. Um, no, everybody knows what's called good and bad. You know, this is what a good girl does, this is what a bad guy does. This is actually touching into the very energies of those qualities and reckon, oh, this is what it is. And this quality of punya is a, is a kind of rich, fluid, upward movement of energy where the mind opens up. You begin to realize the effect of it. Oh, this. It's not just being legal. <laughs> it's about something that feels good. Because at this point now we're touching where right where contact occurs in the body. And you feel this sense of something lifts. So the encouragement is do a lot of that. Do a lot of that, because this is going to affect on coming out of your constrictions. You'll experience this sense of, oh yes, I can be open, richer, brighter. Yeah. Oh, like that. You'll do that, because this leads you upwards. Jitta, then the jitta, sankara, elevates consciousness to, a, to elevate. Yes, another comparative statement. But, okay, bottom of a better word, it's called upwards, elevated to somewhere more open, brighter, less encumbered, lighter. And that's called karma. The opposite, corrosive, destructive, breaking down, closing down. You can feel those. They will take you down. They will take you down to the realm of hungry ghosts which is always, I need more, I need more, I need more, I have something wrong, oh, please help me, I want it, I want it for me, for me, I'm the centre of the universe, I've got to have everything my way. And that's the hungry ghost. You know, no matter how much food you shovel inside them, they still need more. There's plenty of few of those around. Takes you down to the realm of the jealous gods. Why don't I get what she gets? He's, I got, I've got a bad deal. He's getting a better deal than I'm getting. <laughs> hungry, jealous gods. Takes you down to the animal realm, where it's just basically coarse <laughs> fight, flight <laughs> stuff, and grab and seize and, and gobble. Yeah? And takes you down to the demonic realm, which is all about destruction. Your own destruction, the destruction of others, homicide, suicide, pathologies. You know? And you can see, yep, yeah, you can see all those are around. <laughs> They're around, all that. All that's around. Hmm? So this is the Papa. And you say, okay, well then you, you want to acknowledge that, not just as some judgment, as a, a definitely a felt experience. And probably we can dip in any day, we can trawl through a few of those levels. You might touch into being a jealous God sometimes, be a hungry ghost occasionally, and sometimes maybe get up to a Devaloka, and be sort of heavenly and blessed. So these are the cosmologies of it. Devaloka, generous, loving, compassionate. Nice open state. Yeah. And so then there's specific ways in which one generates this. is called samasankapa. Samasankapa, right view is the recognition of this. Samasankapa is the uh, very simple um, three, three lines. 
renunciation, which means you begin to limit, prune, withdraw from sense contact as being a source of gratification. You know, so you're no longer leaning, no longer, or you're inclining away from looking at sense contact as the place where you're going to find your contentment, and you look more towards ethical respect, you know, loving kindness. And the other one, Awingsaka, non-violence, um, to not violate, which is can be taken in various levels. We violate ourselves, we violate others, um, brutality and cruelty, which is withdrawal of empathy. Yeah. So, so we move towards uh, non-violence, acceptance and empathy. And so cruelty is the withdrawal of empathy, it means you don't count. So without even physically damaging someone, as soon as you get that, well, he doesn't count. That already is cruelty, at the root of it. So what? He's one of those. So what? It's only a pig. So what? It's only a poor person. So what? So what is the enemy anyway? So what? It's not my problem. He's a, you know, whatever he is, political something or other. Withdrawal of empathy. It could be to creatures, to other humans, and so on. So when you see what these are about, they're really about shifting the Sankara aggregate from bonding to the messages of sense contact, which are always going to be um, associated with holding on and at the same time isolation, coming to me, moving towards empathic experience, non-separation, kindness and compassion, where the jitta comes out of its contracted, shut-in state and it comes out because this is pleasurable and the Buddha said I encourage this kind of pleasure do not fear this kind of enjoyment the enjoyment of the citta as it comes out of its contracted state so the fundamental ways in which we are encouraging ourselves to training that way is you know probably the most easily accessible is just the qualities of generosity respect uh, you know whether I like you or not I'm not going to harm you I realize you have to you do it your way and then surely warmth will follow that and when the warmth is there you feel the warmth they feel the warmth and the 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 frozen, the locked state begins to melt. And so, uh, and then the jitter is becoming less contracted. And the contracted self, that is a result of that contraction, also begins to dissolve.
So I'll pause there.